Okay, today's daf is Shabbos daf Pei. We are on the bottom line. Ayin Tes Amud Beis Dioy Lichtov. So the Mishnah had mentioned various materials that are used for writing and for you know inscribing things. So when it comes to ink, what's the minimum size of ink? The minimum amount of ink that one carries out on Shabbos that they would be uh, violating Haitzah. So the Mishnah said Kedei Lichtov in order to write two letters. That amount of ink that you can write two letters with. That's the minimum size. For, for uh, <clears throat> that's the minimum size for Haitza. Tana, we looked in a brisa. and then Meaning, whether you brought it out as dried ink, like congealed ink, or you brought it out bekomis in the quill and the pen of your uh, the cipher's pen, or you had two the amount of two letters worth of ink in a inkwell in Kalmar, in the little case where they would keep their ink in, no matter what you're bringing it out with, the sheer, the size is shtei oisiris. That's the brysa. Comes along Rava after introducing this brysa, bo'i Rava, Rava asks the following, Shaila. Ois achas bedioi, vois achas bekomis, vois achas bekalmar. So let's say a person took out one, uh, enough, of, enough ink for one letter, he brought that out in a dry form, Enough ink for another letter he brought out in the pen, and another letter worth in the kamaran. So what's the question? We know we need to have two the, the size of two letters of ink in order to be chayavet. So are these mitztarif or not? Meaning you're not bringing out a pen that could, that contains the amount of ink for two letters. Your pen only can, only has ink for one letter. The other letter would be used made out of the ink in the inkwell. So I carry both in Shabbos. What's the halacha? So the gemara says mahu teku. We'll leave it as a suffix. So a person took this pen or ink on his hands and he carries it in the street and he writes it on the wall. He uh, graffitis the wall or something. He does a hanacha by writing it. So the Gemara says, We're not going to discuss the, uh, the iser of ksiva here. But that is the amount of Hitzah for carrying on Shabbos. So if you would carry this amount of ink, now we know I did the Akira, go back to the first paragraph of Shabbos, need the Akira and the Anacha. You pick it up in Rosh Hashanah you bring it to Rosh Hashanah Rabbim, and you have to put it down. So the Chiddush is that writing it on the wall, Ksivasan Zuhi Hanchasan, that by writing it on the wall, that is that is like putting it down. So go back to our first Mishnah on Shabbos, putting the bread into the Ani's hand, so putting ink on the wall writing, that is called the Hanach, and you'd be chayev for Haitzah. Again, you obviously would be chayev uh, for, for um, writing anyways, but we're focusing now on the carrying component. Next, Vi'omar Rava, so again, Rava says something else, so you took out one letter, one letter worth of ink, and then you wrote on the wall, okay, so you did one but that wasn't the, the full share. So now you went back home, you brought another you know, piece of ink with a pen or whatever, and you wrote a second letter. So the Gemara says, Pater, you're Pater on this Haitzah. My time, why don't we say they're Mitztarif? Let's say I ate two, you know, two half uh, olives worth of chelav. We say that they're Mitztarif. You ate two half, so it's, you know, Chatishir is, is, uh, is chazi litztarufe. So the Gemara says, because be'idna de apka lebasraisa chazile lishira de kamaisa. When by the time I carry the second letter of ink, the first letter had dried up, and therefore it no longer 
uh, contains the shear, and a lambdus that is not considered a tziruf, to combine it, and therefore it's not the minimum shear of carrying on Shabbos, and I am pater. Once Rava says this, he says another halacha, so when it comes to food, the minimum shear for food, we have this in the, in the previous parak, is a groigeris, the size of a dried fig. So let's say you took out half a fig, okay, of food, Vehinicha, and you put it down, you put it down in Rishus Arabim. Okay, so you already did half of an Isser, right? Vechazar vahaitzi chatzi gregeres achas, vehinicha, you do it again. So the Gemara says, Rishoyna nase kemisha klotla oishinisrafa opater. So what would the assumption be? I brought out half a shear and I brought out a second half of the shear. That should be like violating chelev. You eat half a gazayas, another half a gazayas, yechai vachata. So so to here, if I carry out half the amount, another half, it should be. Uh, consider the shear for for Haitzah, for carrying on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, no, it's Rishayner Nase Kemisha Klatla Kela, the first half of fig that you brought out, it's as if a dog ate it, a Shinisra got burnt in his place, prior to you putting down the second half. Upater, your putter. So the Gemara says, Valmai, why am I putter? Hamancha, it's there. I brought, I brought into Rishasar Rabbim, they're both there, I see there's two halves of figs, I had my mission accomplished. I wanted to bring out a fig from Rishos HaYachet. Rishos HaRabim brought out half at a time. Mission accomplished. I should be violating Haitzah. So the Gemara says, Hachi Amar. We have a different type of case here. What Rav said, Rav meant like this. If you picked up the first half of the fig before you put down the second half, so then... Nasis Rishina Kemish Niklatash Nisrafa, it's as if it was never there, and it's no longer Khazilistarufe, it cannot combine for the Shiru Patr and you be Patr from Achata. So we have some Lamda Shigamaras here, so uh, we'll keep on going. Vamarava. Hoitsi Khatsi Gregaris Vihinicha, Vahitsi Khatsi Gregaris Vihavira Darachala Chai. So what's the case here? I took out a half a fig or any other food that you like, but it's the size of a half of a fig. And now a fig is the full size for carrying on Shabbos when it comes to food. So I took out a half a fig, Vihinicha, and I put it down on the floor. I went home and I took out another half, the second half of this fig, and I brought it out over into Rosh Hashanah. And I literally carried it right on top of the first half that I put down. So imagine you have a half a fig in the field and you're carrying the second half right on top of it. So comes along Rava. Rava says, in this case, you're Chayev. You're chayev. Now, why is this? Because Rabbah holds, if they're both put down, chayev. When did he say your putter? If you picked up the first one before you put down the second one. Here, the first one's on the floor, so it's, I didn't pick it up, and the second one is literally hovering above it, and therefore, I would be chayev. So the Gemara says, Vamai. But we know, first Mishnah and Shabbos, you need to have uh, Akira and Hanacha. So we have the Akira, you picked it up in Rosh Hashayachid, but you need the Hanacha and Rosh Hashayachid, you have to have put it down. You didn't put it down, you're holding in your hand and you passed over the the previous fig, it never came to a rest. So the Gemara says, It's the case was where you where you passed it within three tvachim of the ground. Once it gets within three tvachim of the ground, we have a halacha concept called lavud. Lavud means that we uh, we we like uh, close off the gap. We had this in Hilchasukka and Hilchas Erevin when a pole or your your schach is within three tvachim of the wall. It's considered that it's a closed gap. So it's as if you put it down on the ground. From the fact that you carried it within three tvachim, it's as if you put it down on the ground. 
So the Gemara says, really, does Rava hold like this? Amar Rava, Rava himself said, let's say a, per, uh, a person takes something, according to the Rabbanon, so this is a machlekes we had in the first parak, and we're going to have this again in the parak Hazarik. There's a concept of kluta kemisha hunchadami. There's a concept that if a person throws something in the air and it passes by Rishusa Rabim in a public domain, so we'll give the example we gave then, we'll give it again. A person is playing catch over Rishusa Rabim with his friend, and if that ball gets within 10 tfachim of, of the highway of the Rishusa Rabim, some Tanam say that is considered as if you put it down in Rishusa Rabim. So if you're standing in your home, on your porch, you throw a ball and it gets within 10 tfachim of the Rishos Rabbim. That's called Kluta Kemishahun Chadami. It's in the air, but it's as if it's on the ground. The Rabbanon do not go with that. According to the Rabbanon, Tzarech Hanacha Agabi Mashu. It has to be placed on something. It has to have come to a rest on something. Throwing it in the air is not going to help you. So what's going on here? So the Gemara says, like Kasha, Kan Bezoyrik, Kan Bemaver. When did the Rabbanon say that throwing it and it passing by Rosh Hashanah, that it's not considered that it came to a rest, that's when you threw it. So when I throw it, it's, it's just passing by. However, when it's Bimavir, when I actually am holding on to it, and I'm carrying it in Rosh Hashanah, since this thing is not in motion, technically it's not in motion because I'm holding it in my hand, I'm controlling it, so therefore, if it comes within three tzvachim of the ground, that is called the hanacha. So back to our case of the figs, a person has a half a fig on the floor, he's carrying the second half of the fig, and he passes it over, holding it, while holding it, within three tzvachim, 10 inches of the ground, right on top of the fig, that would be called a tziruf, you have half a fig, half a fig, you have a full fig, that would be your malacha on Shabbos. Tan Rabbanon. Hoiti chatsi groigeras, the chazar vahoiti chatsi groigeras, the helam echad. So, nine o'clock in the morning, you go outside, you bring out a chatsi groigeras, a half a fig of a food or a fig, whatever you want, from Rishus Hayachet to Rishus Rabbim. Okay, that you did at nine o'clock. And you totally forgot that this is Asr. And then at 9.15, you do it again. You do it another one, another half a fig. So the question is, shouldn't these two things be mitzarif? It was behelamechad. You had one forgetting that this is aser. Typically, we would say that chatishir and chatishir, you know, equals one, right? So it would be, you'd be over. So the says chayev. Yeah, you're chayev, no problem. If you had two different forgettings, meaning 9 o'clock, I took it out. I forgot that, it, that it's aser. Okay, but I only took out half a shear. 9.15, I realize it's Shabbos, and I'm not allowed to carry on Shabbos. Okay. Then at 9.30, I forget, and I take out another half a shear. Everyone agrees? Potter, because Yediyah separates between the two half a shears. Rabbi Yossi Oimer, Behelam Echad, Lershus Echad Chayev. Rabbi Yossi says something else. Even if it was Behelam Echad, even if it was with one forgetting, the guy totally forgot it was Shabbos, or whatever situation, he forgot it was, it was cold saw, and he took out, at 9 o'clock he takes out half a fig, and at 9.15 he takes out another half a fig, so it depends. If you end up in the same location, if both of these figs, half figs, end up in one place, Chayev. And you're chayev because they could be mitzarif. However, if you ended up in two, two different rishos harabims, let's say a person lives, I don't know, he has a highway on one side of town, a highway on the other side of town, so 9 o'clock in the morning, he takes half a fig, brings it to highway 1. And a half hour later, 
he's uh he forgets he's still forgetting a Shabbos. He brings another half a fig to highway two. Since it ends up it ends up being in two different Rishuyos, you can't call it that he did Hitzah. He didn't do Hitzah from Rishus Yachid A to Rishus Rabbim B. He ended up doing Rishus Yachid you know A to Rishus Rabbim B, Rishus Rabbim C. That's not called one share. So according to Rabbi Yosi, it's one Rishos Yechayev, but if it ends up in two different Rishos, Pater, it's Pater. Comes along Rabba, Amar Rabba, Vahu Chatos That's only when there's a Chiyav Chatos between them, where there was a, a Rishos that separated these two Rishos Arabims, meaning it had to be a biblical Rishos, which is either Rishos HaYachet or Rishos Arabim, that had to separate it. So if you have Highway 1 and Highway 2, but what's in between it? I don't know, it's a field, right? Or a, or a small road. That wouldn't be enough to call these things two different entities. They're both Rishos Arabim, Within you know close proximity to each other, but if you had a rishus yachid in between them, then Rabbi Yossi says these are two totally separate rishuyos. However, avul karmelis, but if it's a karmelis only a a, 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 a rishus derabbanon, that would not be considered a hefsik between these two rishuyos, and therefore by carrying it, even though you did it half to highway one, half to highway two, you would be chayev. Abaye Omar, Abaye says no. Afilu Carmelis, even if there's a Carmelis between them, that is considered a hefsik. Avil Pisla, but a Pisla, which means a piece of wood, let's imagine like a, a log of wood going across the street, like that's not considered, you know, a hefsik rishos. So let's say a person has a, a, a log right down the highway and he takes out half a fig, puts it on one side of the log, 20 minutes later he takes out another half. You know, size of 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 uh, food puts on the other side of the log. Abai says everyone agrees in this case that that is considered one rishos, even though there's a log splitting it in two. For Rav Amar, Rav says afilu pisla. Even if you have a log splitting it into two, it's still considered two different rishoyos. The Azda Rav letame and Rav goes according to his own shita. What's the shita? Amar Rav. Rav says in Masechtas Gitin, Rishus Shabbos ki Rishus Gitin Damia. The Rishus of Shabbos is like the same domain as Gitin. So what in the world does this mean? So the truth is, we're going to see there's a parak of Hazayrik in Shabbos. There's also a parak Hazayrik in Gitin that. A man throws a get to his wife and it has to land in her rishos. You have many halachas that actually are, are applicable to Shabbos, learned from Mesechtas Gittin. So that case is, if you look at Rashi on the Saudi Gemara, where uh, he has that, that, uh, the picture with the rishos arab, and rishos yachas, Rashi, this says, Kirishos Gittin Dami. What does this mean? When it comes to a get, pisla rishos lenafshi, a pisla, the log that's separating. You know, two courtyards or rishos harabim is considered its own rishos. Kid amr behazarik. We're going to see in Perak hazarik. Who gavra? There was a certain person. The zaragita lebisu. He threw a get to his wife, like you know, made it like in the airplane. Chucked it to his wife. He said, "See ya." Bechatzeiro. So it's nagder gita v'nafal bepisla. What happened was he didn't have good aim and landed on the pisla. Now she didn't have ownership of this pisla. And the case was over there, he lent her a place in his chatzar. So the Gemara over there says that if it lands in a pisla, that is not considered her possession. And she's still an Aisha's ish. She is not considered divorced. So according to Rava, we learn now Rishos Shabbos from Rishos Gitin, and therefore even a pisla would be a separate, uh, uh, to differentiate between two parts of the Rishos. Okay, that is the alumdisha part of the daf. And now we're going to get back to some technical uh, a technical Gemara here, going back to our Mishnah. So the Mishnah had said, when it comes to kechal, kechal is some type of dye, you know, your eye shadow or something. Enough, you know, eye makeup to dye one eye. 
So the Gemara is going to ask, what do you mean? If you gave your wife enough makeup for half of her head, for one eye, she would not be too happy. I and achas, one eye, halayka chali. That's not how you put on makeup. One eye, you, you, you put on two eyes. Amrav Huna, Shekin Tznuais, the Tznias women, they would go out, Mu'utuf, they would go out wrapped up, and they'd only uh, keep one eye exposed. So, Koy Chalois, and Achas. They would uh, paint, literally, what it means they would put, put on an eye shadow or whatever on one eye. But uh, because they walk out with only one eye revealed. So the Gemara says, Meisvei, Rav Shemin Elazar, Oymer, Kechol. When it comes to this eye thing, this eye uh, ap- a- applicant in the Rafua, if it's the Rafua, you have eye drops. So, they, so then, Kedei Lichol Ayanachas. All you would need uh, to be Chayav on Shabbos if you took out the amount to apply to one eye. Because if one eye is hurting, you'll, you'll use it. So it's, it's a sheer Chashav. However, it's Im Lekashet, if it's there as cosmetics, you need two eyes, and that's what we would assume. So the Gemara says, What's that Bryce talking about? With the in the in the people of the Iranians. Look at Rashi. Rashi explains Iranians means the people in the Kfar, the people lived in the uh, what I would call out of town. So you live out of town. There wasn't so much pressure to be a prutzois. So therefore, they were able to walk around with both of their eyes revealed. But the people who lived in the major cities, there was a lot of uh, you know things going on there, so it made sense for them to, to hide their face and only keep one eye open. So it depends. If you live in the out of town in the Iranians, so then you would be able to, you, you would, you would uh, apply makeup to both of your eyes. So a half of, uh, just one eye sheer is not going to be Haitzah on Shabbos. But if you lived in the big village, in the big cities, then you would be wrapping your head and you only had one eye exposed, so then uh, that would be the sheer for Shabbos. Okay, so the uh, I think the Gemara takes out we, we take out according to the um, the Bach he takes out the next piece of Shaiva, so let's keep going Devek, let's say a person took out glue on Shabbos so the Mishnah says hashavshaf in order to put on top of a board and the Gemara is going to explain what this means you put some glue on top of a board so they had these bird trappers would have these big sticks and they had some glue on top. That glue would help uh, trap birds. So that's the amount of glue that one would be over for carrying on Shabbos. What about zephes for guffers? You have your, uh, your pitch and your sulfur, in order to make uh, some type of hole. So the Gemara says, Tanakh Nekev Katan, you can make a hole in, a, in, in the uh, utensil that was used for you know, your mercury, your, your, uh, your raw silver. So that would be. Uh, that, so what would what would use for to cover that hole? That would be the shear for for um, carrying zephyrs to gophers. Next, charsis. You have this uh, crushed up brick. Kedelasis picor. In order to to make a uh, a hole. The I'm sorry. In order to make a covering for the hole of this crucible, which you mentioned yesterday, was the uh, utensil that they would refine gold. In, in it, so that utensil, this crucible, you needed something to cover it. That was with done with a charsis. Okay, so far so good. So the Gemara says like this: Lemeimra, are you coming to tell me the shear of Rabbi Yehuda nafish that the shear of Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda always has a shear, that Rabbi Yehuda's shear is greater, meaning he's more makel than the shear of the Rabbanon. That's not true. Kaimelon the shear of the Rabbanon nafish. We know the Rabbanon are more makel. The Tanah we learned in the Mishnah when it comes to a gemi. If someone takes out a reed. 
So according to the Tanakama, which is the Chachamim, you have to be able to make a handle for a for a, a sieve or a, a sifter. That that would be the uh, that would be the shear. To to size up a child's foot to you know figure out what shoe size the child has, which is much smaller. So you see the Rabbi Yehuda always has a smaller shear than the Rabbanon. So the Gemara says, Ema, let's see, we'll see the Rabbi Yehuda means in order to fill up the cracks on a uh, small stove, so that that's much smaller than the Rabbanon. You're right, Rabbi Yehuda is more machmir than the Rabbanon. Okay, we're going to skip the next par- uh, parenthesis as well, as it is taken out by the Marshal. So let's keep going. Someone who removes uh, here, he carries out here on Shabbos. In order to use this, I guess this was a processing uh, aid to, uh, to uh, improve your cement and your cement production. So it was some type of binding agent. And therefore, whatever was needed in the recipe for tit, that would be the the shear of sayer, of taking out here to be used as an ingredient. Uh, which, and if you look at the, the Gemara, keeps going. Tit, what's the size of tit? Last size, pikor, shaltar, pezav, in order to close up the hole for those that, for this uh, crucible. So that would be the shear of, of tit. So Toysis points out, go back to yesterday's daf, that one second, we said it depends. If it's processed, then then you're right, you would, it would be Lassus P. Korshel Tzarfezov. If it wasn't processed cement, then you would need to have a revius of water in order to use that, a much bigger shear. So, like, so Tyson says it must be either you switch the Gersa or it's talking about processed cement, and they would only add the Seir, they'd only add the here at the end of the production once it was already Megabel and you did all the work, so you add some here at the end. Fine. Next, Sid, which is lime, Kedei Lassud. So the Mishnah had said to smear on a a young girl, the, 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 her, her uh, smallest aver, that would be the sheer, the size of Sid. Tana, kite lasud etzpek tana shabbanis. We were just explaining it, that it's the, a pinky of, of a young girl. To make her look good. So that was what the Sid would be used for. So, the, the you know, young girls that reached Pirkan, so Machlik is what this means. Rashi, Rashi says they already uh, have signs of maturity. And they're growing here, but they have not yet uh, reached 12 years old, so they'd be embarrassed about their, their uh, body here. Tysus learns that take out the word Lashanim, it's Shagila Pirkan, they became of age to get married. They didn't yet they were not yet Zoicha in marriage. So what they would do is Benois Anim, so the 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 girls who were from poor families, Toiflois, Oisin the Sid, they would anoint themselves with this seed, with this lime. Benoist Hashirim, Teuflos, Oysen, Vesoylos, they would use flour. Ubenoist Malachim, the daughters of kings, Teuflos, Oysen, Veshem, and Amar. So according to Rashi, this, and Teuflos also seems to go like this, that it means they were removing their hair, their body hair to look better with different types of, of uh, you know, your farmers, your, your, uh, your applications. You have either you have your seed, you have your soilus, and uh, the Benoist Malachim would use Shem and Hamar. And how do we know this? It says in, by Esther, Megillus Esther, Shisha Chadashim B'Shem and Hamar. So all the girls, before they came to Achashverosh, they needed uh, six months of, uh, of spa treatment, B'Shem and Hamar. So it makes sense that the Benoist Malachim would use Shem and Hamar. So my Shem and Hamar, what does it mean, Shem and Hamar? Rav Hunu Bar Amar Sit Tachos, it means Sit which, uh, 
which Rashi does not bring it down over here. There's a Rabbeinu Gershom in Psachim that says it means Shemena Parsimon, some of this balsam oil that we spoke about in uh, Mehmet Likin. So again, back back to that one. Rabbi Yirmiyah Bar Abba Amar Shemen Zayis Shaloi Hiviyah It's made from olive oil that were made from olives that have not yet reached a third maturity of the growth. So that would be where they got the Shem and Hamar. So Mar means bitter, so that, that would be the, the source. Tanya Rabbi Yudah Amar Anpiknoi, Anpiknoi, which is not good for kosher uh, for Menachos, it's a, it's a uh, Gemara in Menachos, not Pehe, that they were not able to use this for the carbon. Menachos needed to use oil. What is this Anpiknoi? So the Gemara there says, Shem and Zayish Loyavish Olive oil made from olives that have not yet reached a third. Velama Sachanoi Sai. So why, in fact, did the Benois uh, Melachim use this? For for their body, it removes the hair, and it makes the skin glow. It looks better. That's why they would do this. And again, if you wanted to get married to Achashverosh, you had to six months b'shem and hamar. A baby havale brought brought. He had a daughter, Tafla. He uh, he smeared the sid on her aver aver, limb by limb. He didn't you know tell her you know apply it onto your whole body at once, but piece by piece. And she was so beautiful. It's a funny way the Gemara says it, but he was able to get 400 zuzim as a dowry for her. So he did well, as, as they say in Shadokim. Okay? Havahu Nachri. Dowry? Dowry. Yeah. So, that, he, you know, as they say in, they say in, the, in, the, in the Vel, he did well in, with the Shadokh. There was a certain neighbor who was non-Jewish, and he said, okay, I'll do the same thing. Havali Brata, he had a daughter. Tafla Bechad Zimna. So he didn't follow instructions. He did this in one shot, the whole body with lime. Umesa, and unfortunately, she died. Omar, he said, Ketal Rav Baby Lebrate. Rav Baby killed my daughter because I was trying to copy him, and, and my daughter died. So, again, he didn't follow instructions. He did it all at one shot. But the Rav Nachman says a different reason. I'm Rav Nachman, our baby, the Shasi Shikra, in our baby's home, they drank beer, so Boyan Benase Tafla. So their, their daughters needed this extra, extra Tafla, the Sid, in order to remove their hair because there's a Gemara in, I'm sorry, Rashi Marikatan says that drinking beer makes one hairy. And it makes one a uh, chubby. Okay, so Anand, uh, your beer belly. Okay, so Anand Eloisha Sinon Shikra, but we were wealthy, Rav Nachman was wealthy, they didn't drink beer. Beer is a poor man's drink, they drink wine. So Anand Eloisha Sinon Shikra, Leibayan Benasan Tafla. We don't need these things. So it could be that's also why this Nachri, maybe he didn't have beer in his house. And therefore, it would be too much to have his daughter anointed with his lime. Additionally, he didn't follow instructions. You're supposed to do it Ava Ava, phase by phase, no pun intended, but we're, but he did it in one shot. You do it in one shot, so that would be the problem. Next, Rabbi Yehuda Oimer Kedei Lasur Kalkal, that in order to, that when a person carries out Sid, on Shabbos, what's the size? The size is in order to lasa, to smear your kalkal. That was Rabbi Yehuda said. We're going to see what this means in a moment. Rabbi Nechemia said, the shear is, kedei lasa undepeh, andipi. So the Gemara says, my kalkal, my andipi. What, what are we talking about here? Summer Rav. Rav says, kalkal is tzida, the temple. And they would smear on it to remove the, uh, the hair. Uba, and andipi is bas tzida, the place underneath the temple, 
that would be uh, what Andipi is. So the Gemara says, Lememra, the Shiru, the Rabbi Huda, not fish, you're talking about Rabbi Huda, is more Mako, and he allows you to carry more Sid than. Rab Nechemia, Hakaimel, and the Shiur of the Rabbanon Afish. We know that the Shiur of Rabbanon is the they're the most makol. So the Gemara says you're right. Zutim and Rabbanon. Rabbi Huda is more machmer than the Rabbanon, but Unafish mid Rab Nechemia. He is more machmer than Rab Nechemia. So no problem. We're back to square one. Meisvei. They asked on. Rav, Rav says that Kilkul and Adipi is either talking about the temple and below the temple. They asked the following question. Amar Rabbi, Rabbi said, Nirin, Divi Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda Shita only makes sense when it's Bechavot, when you had dissolved lime. So that's the Shir Rabbi Huda when he talks about Kilkul. The Divi Rabbi Nechemia, and Rabbi Nechemia makes sense, the Beitas Hasid, when it's a lump when the sit is a lumpy texture, so then it makes sense to go like Rabbi Nechemia. So that's all he said. That was what Rabbi said. Now let's try to work backwards. We don't know what Kilkul is, we don't know what Adipi is, but I do know that Rabbi said that according to Rabbi Huda, his shear of, of Sid is Kilkul, is, uh, is, is, the, is the size for a Tashmir or Kilkul, but it only works when it's dissolved. So, and if you're telling me the Machlekes of Yehuda and Rabbi Nechemia is talking about the temple and below the temple, it doesn't make any sense. Both of those uses would be with a dissolved Sid. Nobody would take lumpy Sid and smear it on their head. That's not the application. So if we know Rebbe said that Machloikes, Rebbe Hudun Amenchemia is by dissolved or not dissolved, it can't be that Kalkul and and the um, and Andipi is talking about different parts that it doesn't make any sense. El Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, Ami Debei Rabbi Ami, what Andipi is, Andifa. is talking about you have an earthenware keli, which had two holes, one on the bottom, one on top, and when you would fill it up with wine, you would you would, uh, you would uh, stuff up the bottom hole with Sid. So according to Rabbi Nechemia, that, that's, uh, that's the Sid, okay? And Rabbi holds like that when it comes to the Sid of it. When you're talking about thick ones, a, a clumpy, uh, sorry, a lumpy uh, uh, a lime, it makes sense. That would be the size to, to, to stop up the hole, to, to close up the hole. That would be the shear. So like Mars says, When a person is going to throw his money in the garbage, you're telling me I have uh, this pitcher of wine and I'm going to stuff, I'm going to, I'm going to seal it. I'm going to seal it with sitting and take your, uh, your hundred dollar bottle of wine and you're going to rely on this bottom hole that has some sit on it. It doesn't make sense. Ella Amar Rav Kahana says a new uh, translation of Andipi. Andipi means shinasa. It means some markings. You had these um, engravings or the opposite. We have uh, things coming out on a clea, have a marking on it, so for to tell us the measurements. So the amount to 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 uh, apply the lime on that would be considered haitzah. Kedetan with the mishnah menachos shenasos. You had these you had these uh, markings. Hayu bahin. They had on the size of the hin. The midas hahin in the base of megdosh, and we, there was a measuring cup. An arkan up until this point. When you were filling up wine, so there was a med, there was a line for lapar. You needed this amount of wine, which is chatzihin. If you uh, if you say korbanis, it's chatzihin for a par, and it's a shlishahin for an ayel. So akama ayel or aviyasahin is for a keves. So you they had a measuring cup in the base hamikdash, and they would fill up wine depending on how much they needed for that specific carbon. So that's what it means. These uh, these um, bl- these uh, 
these andipi were these markings. So whatever lime was needed to, to clean them, to make it look nice, that would be the share. Vibai sema my andipi aputa. Andipi means aputa, the forehead. And you would, uh, you would use it to make you look nice. Okay? <clears throat> now, when, when it comes to the forehead, there's no hair there. So even putting a lumpy thing would not would not be problematic, so even Rebbe would fit with this shita. Someone from the Galil went to Bavo. They told him, Come tell us the Maisim Merkava, Darshan for us the Maisim Merkava, which is in Cheskel. We'll get to this in Mesechtas Chagiga. We'll discuss that this is the Raze Torah, the secrets of the Torah, Maisim Merkava. If you follow, uh, if you'll, uh, you go to Shul on Shuiz, so giving you a sneak preview, um, there will be a Yogan uh, Lane. Uh, so the Maisim Merkava is laying the first day of Shuas, so you'll see this uh, this Maisim Merkava. So Amar Lahu, Edroish Lachu Kedarosh Rab Nechemin Lachavi. No problem. I'll tell you Maisim Merkava, even though we know the Gemara Chayiga says you're not allowed to darshan it, Rabim. So the Gemara says Vinefakas Ar Isa Min Kaisel. A hornet came out from the Kaisel from the uh, from the wall. Umachte Bandipe Umis and it bit him. On the uh, forehead, and he died. Amrule mindili da lay. So he deserved it. He shouldn't have been darshaning this Meiser Merkava, and because he darshaned it, he deserved to get bit by a hornet. But what do you see from here? What is where did he get bit? Andipi, and it's talking about the forehead. So you see from here another translation of Andipa means apusa, it means the forehead. Okay, next Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Adama, you have uh, dirt. What's the size? What's the minimum shear for carrying this on Shabbos? Kechoisam hamartzupin. What will be able to seal up your martzupin, your, uh, your wrapping, you had, you had these like a cargo or some type of uh, suitcase, and you would wrap it with something and you would seal it. So that seal was made out of dirt. So that dirt, the size of that dirt, that would be the share. They rabbi kilam. Acham oimrim kechoisam What you would use to seal up a letter. So a little smaller than that, or much smaller. Next, we have this. Uh, yesterday's dap, Zebel the Hadak. What's the size for carrying fertilizer or coarse sand? Kedela Zabel, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Dak is the uh, the fine sand. Kedela Zabel Kelach Shakrov, in order to fertilize the stalk of cabbage, the Rabbi Kiva Chamaimim, Kedela Zabel Kresh, in order to fertilize the Kresha uh, a leek. Chol Hagas, you have your coarse sand, Kedelitian Amaloi Kaf Sid, in order to put on a Kaf of Sid. We'll see what this means in a moment. Kone, a reed, Kedelasa is Kulmus, to make a pen. From Haya Ave, Amarosik, if it was thick or Marosik, it was cracked, you're not going to be able to, to write with it. So then it's Kedelabasha by Beitza Kalasha Beitzim. It's in order to cook using this firewood, this reed, you're going to light it on fire and you're able to cook an egg. So the amount of reeds you need to cook an egg, that's true for, that's already been beaten egg, so you're not starting from scratch, it's already beaten and easier to cook. When the Sunaba Ilfis, it's put on a frying pan, it's put on on a uh, skillet, so the the firewood used for that would be a reed. So the minimum reed needed to light to cook your your scrambled egg, that would be the size for carrying on Shabbos. So we're going to see uh, some of the translations in the Gemara. The Gemara is like this: Amalek kafsid. So if you took coarse sand, the size is to put on top of a kaf of sid. What's a kaf of sid? Which means some type of bucket that the painters. Would use so tana kedelitina pi kaf shel sayadan. So yeah, your sayad, your painter, the one who was applying lime. So they had some type of bucket, and you would cover it with this chol uh, hagas. So man tana de chol malila sid. Who's the one that holds that chol? That sand uh, improves the sid. It improves 
the lime, the paint. So I'm the plaster. I'm Rav Chista, Rav Yehudi. It's Rav Yehudi. The Tani went in a brisa. This is a brisa which we'll quote in Baba Basra, Masechta Seita. It comes up when we discuss things that we do on Chorban Habayis. So some people in their home they have uh, ama by ama. They leave off that's not painted. So it's a discussion in the Paiskim. So there, the one of the halachas is this halacha that la yasir adam is based A person should not. Plaster his entire house besid because that is you know a zechel avelos on Yerushalayim. So after the korban they would not do that. Just by the way, So there are a few at here. The Mishnah says if you're not starting from scratch, you already bought a house and the house is already done. There's no need to go scratch it out. Ramosha Feinstein said that there's no need to make it look bad. So if you're going to make it look bad, that wasn't that was never part of it. Um, additionally, if you look at this this. Right, so you'll see another hetter, and the Archa Shulchan brings this down. So, you should not plaster your house. If you put in Tevin or Chol, you put in some type of straw or sand, then you're allowed to do that because it's not so white. So, the Archa Shulchan says, our uh, modern day, this is the 1900s, uh, Sid is not the Sid of the times of the Gemara, and therefore there's no need to do Amma by Amma. The truth is, in America, most homes, you walk around, most homes do not have Amma by Amma. Some people don't you know, leave off a, a piece of paint, but that's not really Mechoyev. Uh, Rabbi Shafeinstein was very makel on this. You'll see, there are, again, there are different, uh, different sheets in the Paiskim. If you're doing construction in your house, you're building a house from scratch, it's good to ask a Shaila, but Lemaisa, the Minigas, to make all for many years. Fine. Aruch HaShulchan says because we are Eriv by Tevin and Chol, and it's not so white. Rabbi Yudah Aymer, no, it depends. Tevin, if you put in straw mutter, because that ruined it. But Chol, also, if you had Chol added to the, to the paint, Mepneshahu Teraxit, it makes it strong, uh, makes it a strong plaster. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, Chol is good for Sid, so therefore it makes sense that Rabbi Yehuda is the one that holds Chol Mali Leila Sid. Rabbi Amar, no. Afilu Teimor Rabbanon. Even Rabbanon who hold that Chol ruins the Sid, but it makes sense that you would add Chol to Sid because Kilkuloi Zehutikunai. By ruining it, now I could use it. Before I couldn't use it for my house because of Chorban Abayas, but now I could use it because I added the Sid. So Kilkuloi, ruining it, Zehutikunai. That's how you fix it. Hold on one second. Hey. All right, next, one more piece. Kana, kede So someone who took a reed, it's in order to make a pen. So Tanu looked in a brisa, kumis hamagila kishriyat spaisa. Talking about a kumis that reaches the top of his uh, his joints on his fingers. Bayravashi, what which which joint? Kashera elyoin, the one that's you know attached to your hand. Kashera tachtoin, the one that's in the middle, your your knuckle. So the, the your your lower joints. The Gemara says teku teku v'mhaya ave. If the reed was thick, so we said it has to be that you're able to cook an egg using the firewood. Tana, we learned in a bris, a trufa, a beaten egg. Beshemen unusuna beilfa. Talking about it was beaten, and you had oil in it, so you had some schmaltz. Unusuna beilfa, so it was put in a ilfa, in a hot frying pan. So all you needed to do was a little bit of heat that would fry the egg. Amar le marbre de ravina lebre mi shmialach beitz kalamai. Did you ever hear? Uh, which is the smallest egg? So I'm really, yeah, it's the egg of some type of bird called a tzotzla. So again, some people try to explain it, but I'm not gonna, I don't know what it is. Some type of bird called tzotzla. My timer, what's the reason? Mishum de zutra, because it's very small. So you figure, do the math. Big egg takes a long time to cook. Small egg takes a smaller amount of time. So the Gemara says, 
if it's because it's small, Ema de Tziparta, which some say is the hummingbird, uh, very small. So Ishtaki was quiet. Amalei, midi shmilach ba. Did you hear anything about this? Amalei, hachi, amarav sheishes. That has nothing to do with size. That the truth is, if you uh, go to culinary school, you'll see that there's not, you know, heat cook, uh, cooking cooking uh, time doesn't always depend on size. You know, things cook differently. Some rav sheishes beats a tarnagoyles. A chicken's egg is the quickest egg to get cooked. In my currently beats a kala. Why is it called a beats a kala? That a chicken's egg, the eggs that we have, those are the easiest uh, eggs. They, they cook quickest. So that's what we were talking about, the size of reed, to have firewood in order to fry your scrambled eggs. How come when it comes to all shirim of Shabbos? When it comes to food, we're going kagroigeres, the shir of a groigeres, that we're going, now we're going with an egg. So I'm like, no, no, no. We're not talking about eggs that you took one egg and you're trying to fry it. We're talking about you had beaten eggs. We don't know how many eggs are in this. It's kagroigeres me beitzakala. It's taking a groigeres, a fig size of beitzakala, meaning eggs. So you take your uh, liquid eggs from your uh, restaurant depot, you pour it in. And if that's the size of a fig, so enough reed that would heat up this amount, fig-sized, of beaten eggs, that would be the shear of carrying a reed on Shabbos. Okay, yashukayah, everyone.